You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. On a very good morning, all hills. We're 13 hours away from the start of the league season. Oh, stop worrying about the league season, Paddy. Go Cooney. Oh, yes. Cooney's the man. Yes. He got that floppy left arm of his going. He's got a hyperextended elbow. You ever noticed that? Yeah. He, oh, it's all over the shop. And, <laughs> and he was able to rip and bounce a few past the outside edge, which is great. Yep, Matthew Kernerman, if you're only just uh, catching up, five for 16 off nine yesterday. India rolled for 109, their fourth lowest for the Oz. Nathan Lyon, three for 35. And uh, the Queensland dominance continues. Uzi, 60, Manus, 31, <laughs> partnership of 96, easily our best of the series. And we lead by 47, and it's only day one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a big lead too, so keep it going, fellas. It looks like session one is the difficult session to bat again. In Delhi, things settle down as the day wore on. So we've got to get through session one first up this morning and then bat as long as we can to get close enough to start things or do a whole lot, chunk of our bowling mm. on session one tomorrow. And uh, things should be really safe. If we bat that long and then get enough time bowling on session one tomorrow, the game could be over. So that's good. A lot of, a lot of energy goes into that day by Australia. And one fellow who didn't have enough energy on yesterday's performance was Pat Cummins. He did not answer his telephone, obviously. <laughs> so when Steve Smith's going out to the toss... He should have rung Pat. He did ring Pat Cummins, I reckon. <laughs> what would you call it? Heads or tails? Right? And he didn't answer the call. So I, do, I wonder how Pat's been doing eight tosses in a row, calling the same thing mm. or mixing it up for his uh, liking on the day. And uh, Steve Smith lost a toss, and I think that might have cost India. India won the toss, and I've been in a couple of these sort of games, and one of them was in Delhi. We won the toss and we thought, hey, beauty, it was like a party in the dressing room. We're, we're right now, we'll win the game. <laughs> and before you know it, you're all out. So I think that might have happened to India yesterday. Yeah, well, look, as we all know, on a serious note, Pat Cummins is otherwise engaged oh, at the see? moment looking after his mum. Yep. But um, it was a fantastic day, even though it started. Now, did you see the start? No. I turned it on midway through the first over. Oh, there, you'd and, already missed a bit. Yeah, and there was uproar. <laughs> <laughs> Rohit Sharma was out twice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we appealed. The appeals were turned down and we decided not to review. Yeah. He was now caught behind an LBW. Was that a bit of a, a sign of lack of confidence by the Australians? I think so, yes. Yeah, so here we go again. We can't get this bloke yeah. out. We've got him out twelve twice in the first over and... They still didn't review an LBW as well as a court behind. So the umpire's getting hammered today for yeah. a few other dismissals too. But but if the um if the players don't hear it out there, it is you, know, you expect the umpire yeah. to. So the court behind is not a problem. The LB a mm, bit interesting. Yeah. I can't believe that none of the players thought it was close enough to a review. Well, the Indians have lost all their reviews too. So. Have you tell me one thing that's not absolutely opposite? to the last two tests, um, other than the toss. 
<laughs> Other than the toss. Well, I mean, we've been reviewing willy-nilly. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. So we're gun-shy of the reviews. Obviously, India aren't. Um, the one that, I don't know, you keep telling me it's, what is it, Israeli military technology? Yeah, missile oh, tracking technology. This These LBWs with the front pad thrust down the wicket. Mm. And yeah, they inevitably they're giving them out. For accuracy to be uh, as good as it can be, there needs to be a big gap between where the ball hits the pitch mm. and where it hits the pad, right, so, so that it really can get an idea of tracking. Mm. And then the camera, sometimes I've seen it, half a frame. You know that half a frame thing difference where the ball contacts the pad? It's either half a frame before that. It looks like it's contacting the pad, but it's mm. not, quite, not quite. Or it's been on the pad for half a frame. And and that changes a line or two, but or, or a coordinate or two. But um, other than that, it's it's pretty good, and everyone seems to be accepting it these days. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the Australians were lacking confidence for about one over. <laughs> well, let's listen to as great as a great Queenslander summoned into this. So we spoke to him, remember, sitting at Melbourne Airport. Mm. What was he? Where was he plucked from? A shield match or a uh, one yes. day or something like that? Uh, for, yeah. He was in Melbourne, yeah. yeah. And and Jack found him sitting at the airport waiting to fly to India in the middle of a test series. And Australia get belted the first two tests and all of a sudden out he comes. Five for 16 off nine. Let's have a listen to some Matthew. Last ball of Kerriman's first over. Dancing goal stops. Alex Carey does it. Oh, it's gone. As Kuhneman is in, left arm round the wicket to Ayer. Oh, he's on him! Inside edge, back onto the... Kuhneman here, outside edge, taken by Carey. Kuhneman bowls and Umesh hit on the pad, straight on, yep. Matthew Kuhneman claims a five-wicket bag for the first time in Test cricket. Well, let's listen to the man who will soon have his statue out front of the Gabba right <laughs> beside AB. Here's Matthew Kuhneman on what he rates as a pretty good day at the office. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, really special to, to take wickets out there um, with the team. I think it's a really good day for our team in general with the bowlers going real well and the batters sort of stepping up as well and doing a good job for us. But, um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's really cool, but there's a long way to go in this game. So tomorrow is going to be a massive day. Yeah. Oh, all perfect words, those. Right. That, that definitely, tomorrow's a big day and don't take for granted what, what we had to do today to get that job done. That's good. Usman's a classic. His fight with the bat, and Cooney talked about the batsman who did a great job and valued their partnerships and valued their wicket. A couple of my mates rang me or texted me through the coverage. Mm. Usman's not hungry enough, you know? And then he got out and said, hey, I told you, you know, but Usman's a classic. When you play with his style, which is such a calm, composed style, mm. you're going to make looking, you're going to make getting out look easy. Yeah. Like Mark Waugh. So they get criticised for getting out and that, that's that's not right. He, he batted with, you know, a lot of guts and courage last night. Yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic to watch on, on, on both sides when we were bowling. And then when we were batting, um, Kawaja and, and Manus. Yeah. What about Manus chopped one on. Jadeja on a duck. He was on a duck. Uh. Jadeja, no ball. Mm. And now they think we might work on that problem. You know, the, comment, the Indian commentators <laughs> are saying, well, we need to get someone in at practice to sit and watch his, 
you know, front foot. Fair income. <laughs> it's been a problem for ages and they've done nothing about it. Now they're getting hurt at important times and they think they'll start something. Come well, coaches. <laughs> Obviously, the major talking point has been this pitch and a couple of our uh, Aussie luminaries have commented on it already. Let, let's start with Matthew Hayden, who is actually over there. And this is why I've got a problem with these conditions because there's no way in the world that a spin bowler should come on in the six over. No way. Here in indoor, 4.8 degrees. That's a massive turn. That's the sort of ex- turn you'd expect day three. I mean, you've got to give the batters a chance, Ravi. You're judging players on their performances in test match cricket. Well, hello. Day one, day two should be about batting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you, you, and, you echoed those sentiments this morning as uh, I was with your limo driver on the, across the Story Bridge this morning. Yeah, and it's only day three in India he's talking about. It's really day four and day five in a normal test match. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, so I, I'm saying nothing. You, you know, just watch it. And those who watched it, let us know what you think about the pitch. We, we'll hear what uh, Hados thought and thinks and Mark War coming up. Um, that That's enough for me. It's, you, you produce that. Let's see how we go. And this Australian team are now ready to accept such challenges. It does not feel like test cricket. These batsmen are playing a different game, and it's so it's so difficult for for them to apply themselves so hard and get so little out of such application. Yeah. It's sort of unfair. Well, Mark War has been over there. He's back in the studios with Fox, but uh, we always love his forthright takes. Well, if it is, I mean, if the ball's going through the top in the first twenty minutes of a test match, off the main part of the pitch. Well, that's got to show you that the pitch is not up to test standard. Now, fair enough, it goes out of the footmarks, um, you know, after an hour or so. But that's on the main part of the pitch in front of middle stump. Now, that's, that's just not a pitch up to test standard. That is not good enough. It doesn't matter how good a player you are, you're going to need luck to get runs on this sort of surface. Mm. And I wrote a quote. Uh, Ravi Shastri said that. So you're going to need luck to make runs on this surface. And that on day one, come on. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Hey, the, the other little interesting piece um, is that Matthew Kuhneman is um, probably in awe is not the right term, but he is a massive admirer of Jadeja and Ashwin. And he's actually spoken, he's admitted he has spoken to Jadeja since he's been over there. And he said, have you got any advice for me? He said, yes, I have. But we'll wait until after this really? series. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's, I would say it would be in awe. You know, Cooney would definitely be in awe of both of them. Mm. And so that's great that he's plucked up the courage to go and ask something and try to hang out with him, whether that's in a dressing room after day's play or, or after a test match. But yeah, he'll be hard to shake. He'll be harder to shake than Ruben Wiki at the end of this series. <laughs> you know, he'll be all over Judasia. He'll be packing his kit. <laughs> well, of the luminaries to comment, uh, no less than Ian Chappell uh, spoke about Kuhneman's five for... And I think that's where you've got to take your hat off to the Australian team. They obviously thought about what went wrong and they corrected it. And Kuhneman was was a big part of that. Uh, uh, The way he bowled in that uh, second test, I didn't think was that impressive. But he learned from from that um, uh, game and he bowled much, much better in this uh, test match. He didn't give much away yesterday. He was right on the money. Yeah, and and with some weapons. 
Mm. He's not known for his weapons, and that wicket has, has brought them out. His bounce, spin, and control. Cussie's been delving into the history book. Shortest test match where there was a result in 1932 at the MCG, Australia v South Africa. A total of 109.2 overs or 656 balls for an Australian win. Aussies, 153. South Africa, 36 and 45. I think that was mentioned, actually, during the, the series. So, thank you, Cousy. It'll go a bit longer yeah, than that. They but... didn't have any broadcasters then. Losing money hand over fist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, big show today. Um, we, we will be talking plenty of league. Don't worry. I know Hills has been obsessed with <laughs> I got you off that indoor. well, didn't I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back to cricket. We haven't even talked about Queensland against South Australia today. It's on to... <laughs> That's on at the Gabba today. And Spencer Johnson, who was our great mate and saviour for the Brisbane Heat, he's going to attack us for yeah, South Australia today. rip into us today. Exactly mm. right. Hey, we'll have a chat uh, to Tony Gollan, uh, Queensland's leading trainer, about uh, all things uh, racing. Um, a Dolphins assistant, Nathan Fien, he's got a good story to tell. He's um, cherry-picked by, by <laughs> Wayne to go up there. Um, Zorks is going to join us. Now, can I call it an agony and ecstasy day for the Lions yesterday? Oh, you can have a go. Well, they've given Chris Fagan a two-year contract extension. That, that nice. is not a great sho- a shock if he wanted it. Um, and then the players and the power brokers opted for a co-captaincy model. So we've got Brownlow medalist Lockie Neal and Harris Andrews will take over as captaincy. Hugh McLuggage will go in as vice-captain. So the three players that were in the running, right, that look at Vanessa. She's nodding. I mean, the greatest Lions fan in the building, possibly yeah. in the state. Yeah. You, you happy about this co-captaincy model? Look, initially I was a bit hesitant about the co-captain thing, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they can definitely, these two can make the best of it, mm-hmm. and I think we are bringing their best skills to the table. I think it's actually a good way to... You know, they can um, choose their areas of strength and really use them to advantage on and off the field. Uh, so, look, I think if anyone can make it work, it's Harrison Lockie. Yeah, yeah, the on-field stuff's interesting. To share the responsibility of getting the front half going and the back half going. That, that's not bad. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, it's my, oh, that's, that's right. That's my job. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. long as they define their roles nicely, they should do it really well. Mm. Yeah, well, look, I'm happy enough. I mean, if, if, if Fags and the playing group are happy that the, the co-captaincy model is going to work, fair mm. enough. But, as I said, a day of agony and ecstasy. The agony is, like, we've lost another couple mm. of our top women's players. I mean, fair oh. dinkum, why don't we just build them up for other clubs to, to pillage? So, basically. Three-time best and fairest Emily Bates, who we just love. Uh, mm-hmm. Greta Bodie, who's, who's going. They, they say Kathy's, they're both going to Hawthorne. Kathy Sparks, a big chance of joining them. And Jesse Wardlaw, they say, is a chance of going. What's wrong well. with them, Vanessa? It's absolutely devastating. Yeah. Would, you, right. would you go to Melbourne to wear brown and gold? <laughs> not personally, <laughs> no. no. Not my colours the at they all. They must be persuasive, those Hawthorne people. They must be very persuasive. I know. it. You know, And Craig Stasevich must be left just going, wow, we invested uh. so much in these players, like what they have done, what the culture they have built, what they've done on and off the field to become such a successful club and to have the players taken with no trade-off is actually mm. quite devastating. Um, good on those girls. I mean, you harbour no ill will to the girls who, you know, yeah. they are... They've been offered great deals interstate and, and good for them. We wish them all the best, but uh, no, it's a very I'm, hard situation. No, I'm harbouring. I'm harbouring. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
I'm with stars. <laughs> we've, we've got to get to the yeah. traffic. Don't forget, the Brighton Homes open line, 13 13 55. Love to hear from you on the text line as well, 0467 736 736. Hey, we've got time. We, we, we won't take too much of your time, Tony. I know you're busy, mate. Hey, look, uh, you've got 10 entered through South East Queensland over the next few days. Uh, but I suppose, <laughs> I suppose big interest, mate, in, in Halal. This is the ex-Hawks galloper, uh, galloper on Saturday. Uh, what can you tell us there? I'm looking at him right now, actually. Yeah. We're just doing our, our weekly uh, show podcast that we do, and um, it's, there's a bit, a, bit, a bit of Halal involved in that. So I'm just about to have a little chat with Halal on, on camera. So he looks great. He's, he's prepped up beautifully since we've had him, and the idea is to drop him back in grade a little bit just to get his confidence up, and hopefully we can target... Whether we go back to Sydney with him, whether we just target the Winter Carnival here, hopefully Saturday tells us what we need to see. Hey, you know it's part of racing, but the disappointment Saturday with Skirt the Law. Yeah, the disappointment just didn't didn't stop Saturday. Unfortunately, she pulled up a severe bruised heel to the inside of a foot, which which made life harder. The recovery was awful due to that foot, I'd say, and possibly the end of a long prep. You marry them both up, and you get what you've seen on Saturday, which was really disappointing because we we're just so happy with her and Ryan flew down to Sydney and rode to work Friday morning. We couldn't have been more pleased with how she was. And unfortunately, under pressure, that issue's come to come to light. And then obviously, we got the zoo-style zoo situation in the Oakley Plate where we led the field by four or five lengths, which is a bit, a bit crazy. So it was just one of those one of those days where the kicks kept on coming. Yeah. What, what would you do with zoo-style now, Tone? Uh, he's having a week out at Mornington on the water walker just to get over such a tough run. He actually recovered quite well for how hard a run he had. Um, I thought he was so courageous, to be honest, run the race right. of his life. He's he got the Galaxy now back in Sydney, and Ryan Milani will take over as jockey. Mm, okay. I heard you talk on one of our other shows, Tone, that uh, Skirt the Law's got flat feet. Yeah, she does. <laughs> a lot of thoroughbreds do. That's, that's a lot of thoroughbreds do. Heels on the hell. Are, are you flat footed heels? I'm not sure. But... <laughs> no, I'm getting flatter. <laughs> <laughs> as am I, I can tell you. But no, she. She, uh, yeah, a lot of thoroughbreds have flat feet, low heels, and it's always something that we have to, we battle with, you know, week in, week out with a lot of them. It's just, just the nature of the breed of the beast. And, you know, when they're in work for quite a long time, you know, their feet don't get a, a real break. You know, there's the constant, you know, concussion of the nature of their job. And sometimes these things occur. They're, they're things that we deal with, you know, week in, week out. So it's just for the lay people that don't probably know, it, it gets brought to light. But, yeah, it's just a, it's just a common issue we have with thoroughbreds and, Nothing we can't overcome, and you'll see a, a really good filly come back in the spring. Mm. See, you're fascinated by this heel. See, with Dr- Sir Dragon A with his skinny nose. Oh, and- skinny. <laughs> Mate, he had, he had strong <laughs> vessels. Um, what, what's making you most excited at present, Tony? What what you've got coming up? Oh, I think this horse on the weekend's pretty exciting. Like I'm off to Melbourne to look at the yearlings uh, on Friday all day for the yearling sale down there this weekend. I'll be certainly flying back to Brisbane quite early Saturday morning to be here for Halal on Saturday. I quite like this horse. And there's a bunch of others here. Natuno, I thought he jumped out super on the weekend. We'll head to Rose Hill running the Derby Munro race at Isotope one a couple of years ago on Slipper Day. Zustal heads through to the Galaxy, I think we saw on the weekend. He's up to that Group 1 handicap form. There's no doubt about that. And then Isotope, she resumes here in Brisbane in a couple of weeks. And, and hopefully that sets her up to head to the championships and back here for the 10,000. So... There's still a lot happening. Uh, it's unfortunate we've lost our, our, our best two-year-old so far this season. Yeah. Uh, but there's a bunch of other horses here to head away and look for races. And we've got a whole Winter Carnival team of horses in here now starting to tick over and get through their processes, which you'll see trial later this month in March. So it's a pretty busy period. Brisbane uh-huh. comes along pretty quick after Sydney. Yeah, that's exactly right. It is frantic for you guys. Hey, now, tell me about one at the sunny coast tomorrow because I just love the name. I bet you know what I'm talking about. 
Punt your way out. Punt your way out. <laughs> yeah, I just tipped him as my best at the provincials for the weekend. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, he's he's no star, but he, he's um his first up run was terrific. And if there's ever if the horse has ever found a race for him and gets him well with the claim for that that young boy is riding quite well at Bailey Wheeler. Um, I'd imagine he's a right horse, so like, he'll be he'll be right, certainly thereabouts tomorrow on Friday night. And do you nominate him in the last race every meeting? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, he's actually in early, which yeah. is which is a pain. It'd be better if he was in the last. The last on a Sunday arvo, something like that, would be ideal. He can hold the whole pool. It has to be Sunday night for Paddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sunday afternoon, last race calendar, ten race card. He, he started $1.50. I can, can, I can, can find one and go early for him, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're frantic, I know. It's always a really busy time of year, and we really appreciate you coming on the show. No, thanks, guys. Have a great day, and hopefully many winners on the weekend. Yeah, Cheers, it'll be Tom. lovely. Yeah, we're looking forward to watching Halal Hills. Uh, I know Chris Nelson's been waiting for Halal as well. Okay. Well, can we talk some sense? Because yep. someone that actually knows what he's talking about when it comes to rugby league? Yes, let's do that. Dolphin's assistant, Nathan Feen. Nathan, a very good morning to you. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. An absolute pleasure. Two of the legends of, uh, of, of the industry, aren't you guys? Yeah, keep that going, mate. You'll be right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect start to the interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought it just buddy up. <laughs> so the questions are nice and easy. Hey, well, how is the super coach? Is he a little edgy as we get close to a, a, a history-making event? Mate, he's going well. Um, you know, it's not his first rodeo, obviously. I think he's been around what 35 36 years so um you know going into round one he's very very composed and you know that that's been um i guess put across to the team as well everyone's just building up nicely into the week and you know we're not until sunday afternoon um out at suncorp so you know there's, there's still a bit of time but uh, we're about to have another training run early this morning and you know just start to finalize our preparations but we're all very excited about the you know our, our upcoming season and you know where we're at with the dolphins at the moment oh i bet you are like you know with benny at st george uh, for the premiership of 2010 and then you coach successfully just in the illawarra leagues what were you doing just waiting for wayne to call you again yeah, pretty pretty much, Heels. Um, look, yeah, I just uh, sort of applied my my trade just in uh, the local comp in the Illawarra. I had a had a little bit of success, as you said, but um, mate, it was all about timing and just waiting for the right opportunity. Um, yeah, Uncle Wayne gave me a call um, a couple of years back when he was at South Sydney. Yeah, okay, and um, he had a had an opportunity there for me, but it just didn't sort of line up with um, you know things I had going on with um, you know family and what what have you. So. Um, you know, just just didn't work out at that point in time. But yeah, when the phone rang, you know, late last year, around September, end of September, something like that. Um, yeah, I was I was so excited. I was, you know, yeah. the opportunity to be involved with a new club and and to work with Wayne once again, and you know, put a bit of DNA in in, in the Dolphins. You know, they've been around obviously in the Queensland Cup for a, for a very long time. But um, you know, a new history starts now, as they say. So we're we're very much looking forward to the season, and you know, I've, I've loved every minute so far. You know, working with Wayne and and also Wolfie again. Yeah, I bet it's it um it's something the fans and the outsiders don't even consider. Probably the family upheaval of a new coach coming to town. It, has it been easy enough for you? Mate, it's been it's been great. Um, you know, obviously we don't have any sort of hangovers from past seasons. So you know, all the players have come with you know um, you know great attitudes and I guess a fresh outlook on on what the Dolphins is and, you know, they're, they're all excited to, you know, put their own little stamp on the place as well. So, you know, I know the players have been working extremely hard over the pre-season and, 
you know, it's quite difficult, obviously, for the families and the wives to, um, you know, to relocate. But yeah. everyone's settled in, and you know, there's definitely no excuses there. We've, um, you know, been hard at work um, since last November, and you know, majority of the squad got back um, at that time. But you know, obviously, our big guns sort of come back in the new year after after the World Cup. So yeah, look, we're 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 primed and and ready to go, mate. It's, it's, very exciting and big challenge against the Roosters on Sunday afternoon, but you know one that I know all the boys are very much looking forward to. Hey Nathan, obviously the headline grabber has been your choice at six. Um, Wayne has left Milford out and and brought in the debutant young Isaiah Katala, who we know has massive wraps on him, but he's is just a, a very young man. Yeah, he is indeed, mate. Um, but yeah, look, he's he's definitely got the ability. Um, you know, now it's the uh, the opportunity for him to showcase what what talents he does have and showcase it on on the field in in a baptism of fire against the Roosters. Um, you know, it's it's, it's going to be a tough one for him, but you know, we've we've got a lot of faith in in his ability and what he brings to the team. And you know, the players around him are very comfortable with you know what what, what he does on the field um, with regards to his talk, his organisation, you know, his kicking game, and his ball playing is is quite. You know, phenomenal for a kid of his age, but you know we don't want to get um, you know too in front of ourselves with Izzy. Um, you know, it's it's going to take a little bit of time, but we've got some fantastic leaders that um, you know that can hopefully lay the platform for both our halves to um, you know mm. to do some special things for us. Yeah. yeah, I reckon your forward pack is just under the radar a touch, which is, which is good. Hey, the, the non-selection of Milf, what, do you think it came as a surprise to him, and what's his reaction been? Look, mate, he's yeah, he's reacted the way like I thought he would. He's um, you know, he's got back to training and and really knuckled down, and you know, he's doing everything right. Um, you know, this week the intensity from from Milf has you know has been fantastic. Um, you know, he's definitely got the talent and the skill. Um, you know, we we're going to need it at some point from yeah. him, but you know, the job for him now is just to knuckle down, and you know, show Wayne you know that he can actually you know, run the team and do the things that we need him to do on a, on a weekly basis and on a more consistent basis. So, you know, that's the challenge for Milford at the moment. But, you know, for us sort of moving forward, you know, we've, we've, we've picked the team now. Um, you know, we've put a, a bit of faith in both our halves in, in Sully and, and Izzy. And, um, you know, we're going to need everyone to do their roles to, you know, compete with the Roosters side, which, you know, this time of year, you know, it's probably a good time to get them. But, um, you know, it's a big challenge for us after, you know, our, our trial form has been a little bit indifferent. So, you know, we've just got to, um, you know, dust dust ourselves off and be ready to go because it's going to be a cracker on, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Hey, Nathan, I reckon that pack has Bennett's fingerprints all over it, doesn't it? Just a tough, hard, no-compromise pack. Yeah, well, you, you hit the nail on the head there and, you know, that's definitely what we need, um, you know, from those guys, they, you know, because... The, the Roosters pack, you know, are aggressive. Um, you know, they, they come from the inside and they our boys are going to have to take their medicine at certain times during the game. And, you know, if we can, you know, hold our own and, and, and get ourselves forward and play a bit of field position, you know, we're going to give ourselves a chance. So, you know, that's, that's probably breaking it down in really simple terms for us is, um, you know, we need those guys to step up and do their jobs. And, you know, as you said, they're, they're all very experienced, very hard-nosed or hard you know, got that hard edge about them, uncompromising, and, you know, we're looking forward to them doing their job on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it looks to me like, you, well, your, your interchange bench looks good. Your, your depth is better than people are talking about. Do you feel that? 
Mate, yeah, I'm excited um, by, by our bench. Um, we've got another uh, another young player that was on a training trial in, in Kurt Donoghue that gets yeah. an opportunity to come come off the bench. Um, you know, his his form throughout the trials was was quite exciting, actually, like real open, eye-opener for us coaches. And, um, you know, he brings a lot of energy to the team. So, you know, him filling that utility role on the bench, um, you know, he might be able to spark the game, you know, back end of the second half, perhaps. But, um, you know, like you, you look at the others, Mark Nichols is coming off the bench. We've got Herm, big Herman, you know, a lot of power and, um, you know, another middle forward that can... You know, got a little tip on, a little pass in and around the ruck. So yeah, look, we're we're pretty excited by what mm. we've got. And Stone is going to clean everything up, isn't he? So yeah, it's 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 you know we've got that right balance. We feel that we've got the right mix, but um, you know only time will tell. You know, there's still 80 minutes of footy to get through, and um, you know we're just hoping that they can all do their jobs as we know that, uh, or as we'd like to think that we know they can. And you know if that all goes well, we're gonna we're gonna be in the game. That's a very interesting cycle. I see Peter O'Sullivan's comments in the paper today about uh, Kurt Donahue that he had to see him play live to really appreciate how hard he competed. And and then your coaches are surprised. That's how it's all supposed to work, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And um, you know, right from right from day one of preseason, he was he was competing. Um, you know, at, at levels that you, you you need your training trial guys competing at. And, you know, on the back of that, he's earned himself, um, you know, a top 30 deal and, you know, he gets an opportunity in round one. Like, if you said that to him at the start of pre-season, he, you know, I don't think even he would have believed you. But, you know, he gets his opportunity and, um, you know, we've got to keep it nice and simple for him. We don't want him to be playing his game, you know, three or yeah. four days out using all that nervous energy up because we're going to need that energy when he brings it onto the field. Yeah, no, Nathan, we've got to get to the news, but it's wonderful to talk to you. And uh, you, you achieved so much in your career, and I know, you know you'd, you'd want success to follow at the Dolphins, and I know it, it will come. No, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, guys. And, yeah, as I said, this has been the highlight of my week, talking to two legends like yourself. <laughs> yeah, quite right, too. Oh, Thanks, you, Nathan. You're going, to be a, you're going to be a regular on this show. <laughs> thank Have you, mate. Have a good one, boys. Okay, Nathan Fee, the Dolphins assistant. And let's talk footy. It's going to be a magical time on Sunday afternoon at Suncorp for all those heels who over the decades have hitched their wagon to the Redcliffe Dolphins. And I know this current NRL team is not the Redcliffe Dolphins. It's just the Dolphins. But uh, we know uh, where their allegiances lie. And one of those who played and coached on the peninsula was Mark Murray. Um, Muppet, wonderful to have you on the show today. As I said, it will be a magical time Sunday afternoon. Yeah, good morning, Paddy Hills. Yes, it is. Uh, it's been a, a long time in the making, but it's been a wonderful achievement by by the club. And, uh, yeah, everyone's very excited out in the peninsula to uh, have Sunday come along and... Uh, yeah, to only get that first NRL game. In in everything you've achieved in Origins and Tests and and and, and Premierships, etc. I mean, uh, you, you always remain and always have a soft spot for the Dolphins, don't you? Yeah, well, that, that, the the Devils and the Dolphins were yeah. the two uh, main clubs that I not only played for, but I worked uh, for many years in both, in both in coaching and administration. So. And I currently, the last 28 years, I've lived on the peninsula as well. It's it's a wonderful spot, and uh, yeah, and I, I'm you know the guys that are uh, running the Dolphins over the last few decades. Uh, yeah, I played footy with, um, still see them at the golf club and catch up with them regularly. So they're mates of mine, and uh, as I said, it's just been a, an outstanding achievement to take that club from a 
you know, uh, the the um, Marumba League, which is outside Brisbane, through to the BRL in, in 1960, and and then to the NRL. Uh, yeah, it's been a, a wonderful achievement. And as I said, those guys, uh, many of them have been there for a number of decades, uh, toiling away at the club and developing it the way they have. Yeah, that's a that's a great insight, Mark. But because when you feel the long time coming aspect of this, but. Um, I was surprised to hear how long had they'd been working on the NRL franchise since 1984. I thought they'd done it quite quickly since the Jets started to come on the on the scene. But it's been a constant over many years to get this NRL franchise. Yeah, it's been a pipe dream for many years. But I think in reality, you know, they weren't ready for most of that time. Um, it's a huge step financially. They do have that financial base in place due to some astute, you know, decisions over the last, uh, you know, 10, 15 years. Yep. Um, but, you know, in the late 80s when the Broncos came into the NRL, which had to happen for the for the sake of the game and, and Queensland football, but it, it devastated the BRL at the time. And, you know, we had great historic clubs like Valleys and Brothers and West, you know, go from from that level of footy. And Redcliffe itself wasn't that far away when I was involved in the late 80s. You know, it was struggling financially as well. Okay. To turn that around and develop the club as they have and the assets they've put in place behind that with their, their health and well-being uh, premises, their uh, shopping centre. So, you know, they're just not relying on the, uh, the normal business plan that most NRL clubs have, mm. which is, you know, your league's club and, uh, you know, sponsorship, etc. They've diversified. Uh, you know, and that's that's given them that base to take this step, which is still a challenging step. You know, you're going to have to your expenditure goes up, you know, ten, twenty fold. Yes. So yeah. that's going to be the challenge to hold that all together over the coming years. But I, I think they're in a good spot to do that. Uh, so in reality, it's been a long journey, but they are only been in the position in the, in recent times to really make that a reality. Hey, it's even spe- more special for you this weekend because you had uh, had had an association with the Roosters as well, with Sydney East. I did. I was uh, 89, 90. I was coaching Redcliffe and I had a, a call out of the blue from Jack Gibson, which was a major surprise. I'd been only coaching uh, the Queensland Cup side for the one year. We had a pretty good year. But uh, Jack Gibson had got involved back with the Roosters and uh, you know, had a call and, you know, ended up down there working with Jack for four years, which was, you know, one of the highlights of my career. Uh, wonderful club. Uh, you know, Nick Politis was there at the time as a sponsor. Uh, through my period there, he moved into, you know, a role, administrative role with the club. And, uh, you know, he's, he's done a marvellous job with that club ever since. A tremendous guy, Nick. And, uh you know, Arthur Beetson was involved yeah. in both clubs. Um, yeah, so it was a real highlight for me to be involved. And it's great, you know, I know the Roosters is going to be a tough challenge first up, game one. But it's it's great, you know, that there's that history behind with somebody like Beetson who uh, was a great uh, a part of, of both the, the clubs. So a nice way to kick it off, I think. Yeah, would you call it a mateship that you had with Artie? What was he like as a scout for the Roosters there? Would he say, hey, Muppet, Muppet, come over here, come come down to this park on Sunday and watch this kid? What, what was he like? Well, Beto was, uh, you know, he's just a, a terrific human. Um, he achieved great things in the game. He was extremely gifted even you know when he was coaching the origin side mm. in the early 80s and he was well past you know he was a 
he was getting on and he uh, you know he was well past his playing weight but <laughs> but he, he playing touch football you could just see the quickness and the agility for a big man and the soft hands and the you know uh, yeah, he he was a, a really gifted footballer um and to be involved with him you know first in the origin and then you know through the roosters in recruitment and that yeah terrific guy um yeah a lot of respect for him he he handled that early origin period really well um from the day when he played game one and then took over the coaching you know he just instilled a lot of fun into the team but also a a lot of of what the origin meant to to queensland and then sort of he was central to origin being successful yeah Hey, trying to dissect this game. Of course, the Roosters go in as favourites, but what's your take on this Dolphins side, Muppet? I think, you know, I, I congratulate them on the uh, the recruitment that they've done to date. Uh, I know they've been criticised a little bit for not landing the big fish, which they still need to do. But, you know, I think they're working in difficult times and you go historically how difficult it is to come in as a new franchise and be successful. The teams that have done that, the Broncos, you know, they had numerous origin players at their disposal and they won in five years, you know, after being in for five or so years. You know, the Storm, you know, they had the demise of Super League and picked up, you know, the remnants of Perth, Adelaide Rams, Hunter Mariners, and in that group there were some terrific representative players. They won in two years, but that's not the norm. The norm is, you know, the um, the Cowboys, the Titans, the Crushers, you come in in normal times and the, the players available, you know, are scarce on the ground and you have to build slowly. And I think you know, the Dolphins have done better than the, the Titans, the Cowboys and the Crushers in their initial year of, of recruitment. They've done got a really hard-nosed, experienced forward pack, which will make them competitive with the bottom half of the table. But they still need to uh, recruit some strike going forward, particularly in the halves. The depth in the halves is, uh, you know, is questionable. Uh, you know, to get through a long season. Uh, I like Katoa, the young kid that they brought in from Penrith. I've, I didn't know a lot about him, but I've seen him play a couple of trials, and I really like the way he goes about his footy. I think. You've got to fast track him, and I applaud, you know, the decision to stick him straight in there from day one and get him going ahead of Milford. I think that's a positive sign, um, but they still need to, you know, get some uh, a, a class half five eight, someone that can control their game, and that's the, the the missing. They just got to be patient with that, but I think they're going to be very competitive and surprise a, a lot of people. I uh, don't see a win this week against the Roosters, who are uh, a seasoned. Uh, strong club over many years have been one of the front runners for for the last uh, half a dozen years but uh, I think that's their next challenge is get that first win on the board and I think that'll that'll come down the track mm, and they've started a war quite quickly with the Broncos over the bridge haven't they <laughs> yeah well I think the Broncos um, for whatever reasons they haven't been at their best um, organizationally for the last you know, 10 years or so. And, um, you know, every kid growing up before that wanted to be in Queensland, wanted to be, be a Bronco. I think that gloss has gone off and uh, people are quite happy to, to take other options at the moment. The, the Broncos are still rebuilding the brand back to where it was. Uh, and I wish Kevy well with that. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they're there yet. And, um, yeah, that rivalry will continue 
over the years ahead. And yep. I think, you know, down the track, it'll be uh, be one of the uh, most anticipated games on the season. Yeah, I mean, Wayne has already said that, hasn't he? I mean, it's just stating the obvious, really, that sure they're going to come after yep. the Bronx and... Uh, and he's happy to, to stoke that rivalry, mate. I mean, he, he wants to make it one of the great rivalries in Australian sport. Yeah, he's got... Uh, yeah, And I think that, you know, that, those hometown rivals, rivalries work really well. You know, the Roosters and the and the Rabbits in Sydney's been, you know, decades and, uh, you know, century old, that one. So, uh, yeah, it's great to have that Brisbane rivalry going now. Uh, it'll take the, the Dolphins a little while to sort of, uh, I suppose, stump up and, and be on equal footing with the Broncos after what you know, they've uh, achieved in, since their inception um, and, they, and have the, the team that can match them. Um, but I think they're going to uh, surprise a lot of people and be a lot tougher to get past than, uh, than people. I don't see a wooden spoon for them, that's for sure. Hey. All right, Buffett. Great. Are you going along Sunday? Uh-huh. Uh, no, unfortunately, I've double booked myself. I'm on a golf trip, mate, down the Gold Coast. So. Oh, well, are we wearing your Team of the Century badge, though, your Dolphins badge? Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there in spirit, if not uh, in person. Well, Beautiful. good on you, mate. Well said. Mark Murray, one of the greats. Thanks for chatting to us, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Big day for the uh, Lions yesterday, as we said. Uh, they appointed uh, co-captains and uh, a new vice-captain, and they also announced that uh, the coach... Is staying on for another couple of years, or has uh, been extended by two years. So, just observing all of this, um, Dane Zorko, former captain. It's it's very strange. It's still strange for me to say former captain, but Zorks, you can be safe in the knowledge that they needed two blokes to replace. Good you. goal. <laughs> yeah, I had a few messages last night, morning, Paddy and Hill, saying, "Geez, they've, they've replaced you with two. You were that good." So, uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's been um, no. It's obviously it was a le- little bit of a lengthy process, but. Um, Fags and the, and the hierarchy of the club clearly couldn't split Locke and Harris and um, they decided to go with two and Hugh obviously is the vice-captain. Um, we knew those three would fill the positions, which is in what order and um, all thoroughly deserving of them. It's an absolute win-win for the club and those blokes to, as to how they've done it. What, what would two captains in different parts of the field bring to the team, Zorks? Yeah, well... I think that's probably the beauty about it. It's probably two midfielders you'd think, oh, they're in the same area. But Harris is so vocal out on the field. And um, I guess Locke, the way he leads, he probably just gets in and under and, and he lets his actions do the talking, whereas Harris is more that really vocal sort of guy. So they have those guys in, in different parts of the ground. And obviously, Locke can go forward as well. Um, will certainly be beneficial for the group. Um, both their game knowledge is, you know, exceptional. They know and read the game so well. So, um, you know, nothing, I guess, will change for them. In terms of having, um, you know, the title, um, apart from having yeah. the title on game day, they both lead in their different ways on game day, and I, I expect that to continue um, going forward. And the coach has been extended as well, mate, which is a, a great show of faith there. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, you know, thoroughly deserved. What, and it's well documented just the transformation that Fags is able to um, have on this group in, in the last six years and... Um, for him to get extended is, you know, he works so bloody hard. I think, you know, the results are on the field, but what he does off field and the time he spends in people and, uh, you know, the football department and, and us as players, it's just, you know, it's extraordinary. So thoroughly deserved for Fags and um, hopefully there's there's still more to go after that two years.
Yeah, definitely. You reckon either any of the three candidates are a bit dirty that they had to still get put through the, the auditional grilling and the interview process? Uh, I don't think so. That was that was always going to be the plan. That was always going to be the process. It didn't matter who was going to go for captain. It was always going to be that process. So the boys knew that from a very early <laughs> uh, stage that, you know, that was the process going forward. Um, and I think, you know, talking to Faze, everyone interviewed extremely well, as expected. They're all classy young men. And um, I guess I just couldn't split Harrison and Lockie, which is, which is fair enough. Yeah, and I, I think important too, mate, that we've got that Queensland angle there with, with Harris. Mm. Yeah, definitely. He's um, he's such a had a, such a unique journey, Harris. I mean, it's, it's probably different than most. He didn't really start playing football until he was about 14. Uh, then he got put in our academies. And just to see his development and his rise through the academy and then obviously onto an AFL, onto the Brisbane Lions list, um, it's been amazing. And as soon as he came in, you could see sense he had leadership qualities and leadership aspirations and um you know he's he just personifies a clubman like he just he does everything for the team he does everything right um and he works bloody hard and um that's certainly someone you can play for yeah any emotional scenes when it was announced i'm assuming to the squad before the the rest of the world oh just everyone was obviously extremely happy um as you can imagine the both Harris and Locke, you couldn't couldn't wipe the smiles off their face yeah. there for a while, and um, you know it is such an honour, and um, it's it's quite humbling to be obviously appointed a captain of a football club, and um, with a club like ours that has really such a rich history with Fitzroy, the Brisbane Bears, um, and then the success of what's happened in the early 2000s um, with that magnificent team, um, it really is quite a humbling and, and, and an honourable situation to be in. So um, those two guys are going to do you know the club extremely proud and. And hopefully take us to that promised land of winning another premiership yes. for the club. Yeah, well, exactly right now. Give us a health update. How are you? How's this hammy? Yeah, it's a little bit slower than what I would have liked. Um, yeah, I was really hopeful that I'd be able to play this week. It's not the case, um, but that's okay. Nothing really has changed in regards to my plan and still um, aspiring to be ready and right for round one. So... Um, still got plenty of time up my sleeve. I think it's still 15 or 16 days before we actually play. So um, it's just, yeah, taking a little bit longer to heal, uh, which isn't uncommon. I mean, it's a tendon issue. It's not a muscle issue. So they genuine, uh, generally uh, take a little bit longer. Uh, but I'm out here this morning ready for a, a monster session to, um, you know, test it out once again. But, yes. um, yeah. We'll tick off eleven or twelve k's this morning, and then we'll see how it pulls up tomorrow. How do you assess? How do you assess these days uh, that the hammy's not quite right? Is there still pain? Is there still a lack of confidence? What What is it, Zorks? Uh There's certainly no pain uh, whilst I'm training, um, but stuff could happen throughout training that I'm not aware of at that time, and you know, I might feel it later on in the day or whatever it may be. Yes. But normally, with with a tendon issue, you're probably looking at a scan. We're, we're looking at whether it's healed on the scan, to um, really then fast-track um, my progression to, to be right for round one. Obviously, I'm staying out of that zone where I'm going flat out and sprinting because we obviously don't want to put any uh, further stress on it if it's not quite healed. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed that it can by next week when I get my next scan, it's certainly uh, all attached and, and uh, certainly on its way to being um, healed. But, 
if not, it's just just a, a, unfortunately a waiting game, which is quite frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. Um, I'll try to track down Djokovic's number for you and see how he did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. He, um, he just taped it up, I think. <laughs> tonight, uh, tonight's little run, oh, tonight or this weekend, whenever it is, about against Geelong, will it uh, will it give you any sort of indication on how things are working? Yeah, absolutely. He was here. That's tonight out of Brighton Homes Arena at uh, seven ten. I think it was. I think it sold out really, really quickly. So unfortunately, I don't think there's any more tickets available. But um, yeah, tonight will give us a great um, indication of where we're at. You know, Geelong had a really good win a couple of weeks ago against Hawthorne, or, or last Wednesday, whatever it was, against Hawthorne. Um, obviously, they're the reigning premiers. They just seem to do it really well every year. They're so competitive, Geelong. They've strengthened their list with the um, acquisitions they brought in. I think they had pick six as well. They've brought in Tanner Bruin, uh, Ollie Henry. So they've got some fantastic young mm. um, uh, players that have come in to just add to that uh, wealth of knowledge and experience that they already had. So I don't know what their team looks like tonight, but I know whatever team Geelong puts out is always going to put up a really, really good fight. And um, our guys are uh, obviously encouraged by what we were able to do last week against Sydney. Um, both teams were fairly strong um, teams. There wouldn't have been too many that probably won't play in their round one teams that didn't play on the weekend. So certainly encouraged by all of that. But yep. tonight's the yep. best against Geelong. And obviously we want to win um, every time we pull on a Brisbane Lions jersey. And um, our fans that are going to come out to Brighton Homes Arena tonight we want to put on a good show for them as well. Good stuff. All right, Zorks, really appreciate your time as usual and uh, fingers crossed that this uh, hamstring disappears as quickly as it popped up. Heaps of time, mate. Yeah, well, fingers crossed, eh? Thanks, boys. Cheers, Zorks.